Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams and uh, this is episode five of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. And this week we're going to talk about a really interesting ongoing legal battle, one that everybody is probably familiar with by this point, at least on the surface level. You've probably heard about it. You may not have listened to 12 hours of legal battles today like I have, um, but... That's why you're here, getting the uh, getting caught up, right? So um, this is a pretty crazy intersection. Again, it, it definitely falls into a category that's, uh, you know, kind of shown the ass of our mainstream media. It's shown the ass of our politicians, um, and it's really shown how much the left wing media is willing to go, or how far they're willing to go, to even just make a point. <clears throat> Even if that point means putting a 17-year-old kid away wrongfully for defending himself in a life-threatening situation. But more on that right after this. But before we do that, I need you to do this one little thing for me. I need you to like and subscribe to this channel. I need you to share this to whoever you know. And I need you to go to ichoose.red. Dot com is for losers. I choose dot red and sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be keeping you guys updated. I'm going to be pushing out all of the articles that I reference there. I'm going to be putting out a weekly newsletter about the topics that we discuss and it will keep you updated moving forward. I appreciate you guys so much. Like, subscribe, share. Let's start this revolution together. All right. So today was the closing arguments of the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, legal battle. And uh, I, I think that there were some really interesting things that came up today. I think that there was some really uh, fiery moments within the prosecutions, with the judge, with, uh, you know, the defendants, legal team as well. And uh, luckily, luckily, the judge is somebody who uh, isn't uh, taking some of the bullshit that uh, you would kind of expect them to heed to this left mentality. Um, but luckily, luckily for Kyle Rittenhouse, that has not been the case, at least uh, so far throughout this trial. And uh, tomorrow morning, which by the time you're watching this, they will have a verdict. Um, so stick around for my thoughts on that. I'm going to go into you know what my thoughts would be either which way, whether it's a guilty verdict or whether it's a non-guilty verdict. However, regardless of which of those end up becoming reality tomorrow or today, for you guys, or whichever day you listen to this. Uh, I'm interested to see what the result is, because I think there's going to be outrage outrage either way. I think, you know, if he gets let off scot-free, if there's no charges whatsoever and everything's dropped, which at this point, the gun charges, which could have possibly been the only thing to rightfully stick in this case, uh, were dropped in the actual uh, closing arguments. Um, so... At this point, the only thing left is either whether he was defending himself or whether he was uh, planning on murdering these people or at least uh, finding himself murdering these people uh, wrongfully without defending himself. And I think once we watch some of this video, you guys are going to find it just as clear as I've found it that this was uh, 
quite clearly self-defense. However, I want you to come up with your own opinions. If you're listening to this, I'll talk you along some of the videos that we're watching. I'm going to take you guys through the step-by-step, you know, second-by-second replay of what actually happened that night. Then we're going to get into some of the legal battles, some of the arguments that were made, um, some of the ridiculous things that were said, some of the terrible, atrocious things this prosecutor did, including pointing a rifle at the everybody within the actual courtroom with his finger on the trigger. Shout out to Alec Baldwin. Um, but let's go ahead and let's start with that second to second part here. So what we're going to be watching is if you're on the YouTube or Rumble is going to be the second to second breakdown of what happened that night from the time that the first individual was shot to the time that the mob ran him down the street to chase after him while he was trying to go to the police until the next two people were shot, including one who was admittedly within the court trial pointed a weapon at him prior to him being shot. So let's go ahead and take a look. Armed citizens were out in the streets guarding local shops. A shirtless man throws what appears to be a plastic bag in the young man's direction. A second witness captures the same man running after him. The shirtless man falls. The young man with the rifle has looped around the car to see that he is now lying on the ground. All right, so what we saw so far is uh, Jake or Kyle uh, Rittenhouse um, and Jacob Rosenbaum, uh, who were gotten to the initial altercation where uh, Kyle Rosenbaum was running after Kyle, or I'm sorry, Jacob Rosenbaum was running after Kyle Rittenhouse and threw what appeared to be a plastic bag. We don't know what was in that. That's an argument that came up within the actual trial. It's said to have been a hospital bag. Um, there was rumors that there was some type of uh, acidic acid that was he was trying to throw on somebody, which in my opinion, when I'm watching this, and you see, I'm going to back this up here. You see him throw this bag at him. It, it would make literally no sense to throw a bag at somebody who's shooting or has a rifle in their arms. So you watch them running. He throws something at him. Go back a little bit more here. So he has his bag right there that he's chasing after Kyle. Kyle has his back turned to Jacob right now. Throws the bag at him. First of all, don't bring a bag to a gunfight. It makes no sense. Why would you throw a bag at somebody unless you thought it was going to do actual damage? So there had to have been something. There had to have been something within that bag that he thought was actually going to affect Kyle Rittenhouse that was going to defend him against a rifle. So why? Why was there this random bag? What was in that bag? There was actually photos that were taken that showed this bag had something in it that was quite a bit larger than any type of water bottle or anything like that. So the idea was that there was some type of acid in this bag. Um, That's the rumor anyways. This wasn't founded within the courtroom. This was mentioned within the court proceedings. However, why would you throw that bag at somebody that who has a rifle in their arms unless you think it's going to do actual damage to them that's going to cause them enough harm to not turn around and shoot you? So that's a one one loose end so far from this entire court proceeding is that bag. It makes no sense. You know, according to them, he had left from the hospital or, the, you know, some people say it was from jail, but went immediately to this event and then takes this one bag with him and throws it at Kyle Rittenhouse in his def- in, in an offensive position while Kyle is running away from him to try to do what right now. I don't know if that acid would have released from that bag. It, it makes no sense to me with this bag. This bag is really quite, if there's any legitimate question about in any of this case, the only real question is what the hell was in that bag? Because otherwise, unless it's acid or unless it's something that's really going to harm him, what, why would he do that? Why would he throw that in that position? Anyway, so he runs after him, running after Kyle Rittenhouse, throws a bag at him within this parking lot, continues to chase after him after the bag completely misses him. And then... Captures the same man running after him. Goes to grab his rifle, so there's a better angle of this where he goes to grab Kyle's rifle, and as he lunges to Kyle within probably three to four feet of Kyle, Kyle turns around just in time and shoots him for the first time, and on the way down, shoots him three more times. All within maybe three-fourths of a second. And so, 
and obviously in that case, when you're in a position like that and you're being chased down by a mob, you're surrounded by people in a heightened state, right? In this mob mentality where people are burning down buildings and, you know, lots of violence going on around you. Obviously, emotions were heightened. He was running from this group, trying to get away from them. And this person is in an offensive position, chasing him and throwing stuff at him, continues to chase him, knowing full well he has a rifle in his hand, and then lunges at him within three to four feet of him to try to grab his rifle. So, one down. Right? After that, Kyle immediately seems to get on the phone. He gets on the phone. He calls what I would assume is probably the police. Um, just judging by the fact that that's the immediate place that he went after this shooting happened. Um, so he gets on the phone immediately after this happened. Another individual comes over there, takes off his shirt, tries to give some type of first aid to this individual. Kyle's over there standing with him, calling. And then as he sees people start to rush over and come over to him, he starts to kind of get out of the area. So, um, and then obviously we know that he was leaving that seeing basically to run over and to see what he, he could find some police officers to tell them what had happened. Okay. So in doing that, in running away from them, what we find is as he's running away from these individuals running down Sheridan road, um, maybe three, four blocks down the road, he's running with his rifle in his hand at low ready and an individual comes to hit him with a rock. So they run up behind him as this individual is fleeing the scene to go over to where the police lights are in the distance runs after him, catches up to him, Kyle didn't seem to be very fast, and goes to launch and hit him in the head with this rock. Didn't look like he connected very cleanly, but knocks his hat off his head, according to the defendant's uh, legal team, hit him in the head at that point. Um, so, play. All right, so now what we see is Kyle still running down the street and probably 20 people around him now that flooded into the streets chasing after him. Now he falls to the ground and there's one, two, three, four, five people, four people within scene that are all seemingly chasing after him about to attack him as soon as he hit the ground. Kyle turns his legs up in the air. He gets his, he's on his butt with his rifle in front of him. And then what these people are calling out like jump kick man. I think that's a interesting thing. <laughs> this guy has only been referred to in this entire case, 12 hours that I listened to this today as jump kick man. Um, so somewhere on Twitter, there's a guy who, who has the jump kick man uh, Twitter handle who's uh, may or may not be this individual. But jump kick man comes in and as Kyle falls, he's pointing his rifle around. He gets kicked in the head flying kick to this man's face or to Kyle's face while he's on the ground knocks him over again Kyle turns over onto his hip turns around an individual tries to hit him with his skateboard or does connect with his skateboard and the another individual who hit him with the skateboard goes and is now grabbing his rifle trying to grab it off of him little did he know obviously how slings work and uh, didn't leave his body luckily for Kyle um, and Kyle turns and in this position, has a uh, Glock pointed at him by an individual who later is uh, found in the court proceedings having said that he first pointed his weapon at Kyle, and then Kyle turned and pointed his at him. So you're within two to three feet of somebody, maybe, yeah, about two to three feet of somebody who has an AR-15, who just got kicked in the head, and now you're pulling a Glock to point it at them. And as he does that, Kyle comes up, jump kick man is over here right out of scene at this moment. Um, skateboard lady or man ran off at this point or actually got shot the first time. I'm sorry. So the person who hit him in the head with the skateboard was uh, as he was rolling over, jump kick man hits, skateboard man comes in and hits him in the head with the skateboard in the trucks right there as Kyle fires a round right there is the rifle. Fires around into the skateboard. The person hit him with the skateboard. They take two to three steps and drop. Um, and then this individual with a Glock is pointing the gun at Kyle. Kyle turns, shoots him. Now, what, what I would like you to notice is there's one, two people, three people who are not engaging Kyle right now. Not engaging Kyle and don't get shot. Who aren't attacking him. Who aren't hitting him with a metal object or the trucks of a skateboard. Who aren't pointing a weapon at him. And he doesn't fire the weapon. Imagine that. So, one, two, 
three, even the individual who testified that he had pointed his weapon at Kyle is now fleeing the scene because his half of his arm is now gone. Um, the individual who hit him with a skateboard is obviously uh, fatally uh, on the ground at this point, unfortunately. Um, however, Kyle gets up, seems to walk away, turns his back to the scene, um, and this rewinds for us. And then gets gets up from the scene as these people are running away. There's even better footage here of the man with the Glock in his hand that had been shot, um, holding it against the ground with what is seeming to be, uh, I don't know, some type of spray in his backpack, however. So, Kyle runs away now, flees the scene, goes over to the police with his hands up now, and is brought in by the police at this point. All right, you're up to speed. That's the case, okay? He was ran after by the first individual. A 17-year-old was chased down by a 37-year-old. Had something thrown at him in this point. Obviously fleeing from an altercation. Is chased down by that individual. That individual comes within feet of him to grab his rifle. Kyle shoots the first person in self-defense, clearly. Runs down the street after calling the police to help handle that shooting. Um, is then chased by a mob down the street. Blocks away from the first shooting. Um, and then, uh, is attacked by three other individuals. Okay. First by a jump kick man, second by a skateboard person, and third by, uh, the guy with the Glock, who is then at the actual court proceedings testifying that he pointed his weapon at Kyle first. So let's actually take a look at that individual, um, who testified that he had pointed his weapon at Kyle first. Standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired. Right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired. Right? Correct. Last month, Grosskreutz filed a 10 million. All right. So an interesting testimony um, by Grosskreutz. And, and what that turned out to be and what, what how it was just explained is basically that uh Grosskreutz uh, basically chased after Rittenhouse with the other two jump kick man and skateboard person and uh, basically um, attempted to try to disarm him, pointed his weapon at him. Kyle pointed his weapon at, back at him and proceeded to fire. He His weapon misfired. And then Grosskreutz kind of got scared and put his hands up. And then as he went to rack the weapon... Um, he pointed his Glock back at Kyle, and then Kyle pointed his rifle back at him, and uh, he got shot in the bicep. So um, in that right there, basically admits that at the time that he was actually physically shot, he was pointing a Glock at Kyle Rittenhouse. And so what an interesting thing is, and, and you'll kind of see a lot of the themes of what they were trying to accomplish with this, because this wasn't about Kyle. This wasn't about... You know, this wasn't about Grosskreutz. This wasn't about Rosenbaum. This wasn't about Black Lives Matter. This wasn't about any of the businesses who were torn down. This was about proving a point and not proving a point to Kyle and not proving a point to Grosskreutz or his prosecution team or the defendants team. What this was is about proving a point to you and to me that you don't get the right to defend yourself. And literally, in this case, it was said by the prosecution team that you don't get to defend yourself if you're the one that brings the gun to the event. That makes no sense. That completely undermines the whole idea of being able to defend yourself with a weapon, right? And so this wasn't about, this was not about Kyle Rittenhouse. This is about proving a point to the right. This is about proving a point that you don't get to come to our protest that we're using to tear down the nation and defend yourselves and defend your businesses and rightfully stop somebody from attacking you or three people from attacking you at the same time. You don't get to do that. You don't, we don't like your AR-15s. And what was so interesting to me is it's such a hot topic by the prosecution team was the full metal jackets or the difference between an AR-15 and the Glock pointed at him. Obviously, for some reason, they think that, uh, you know, a, a Glock doesn't shoot and have the same capability to kill somebody as an AR-15, especially from that range, if you even want to get into that. They're essentially the same thing. One has a buttstock with a longer barrel, makes it more accurate. Such a silly argument. And then they're trying to get into the difference between hollow points and full metal jackets. And it's designed to shoot through metal armor. And Okay. 
Unless you're arguing that he premeditatedly put that in there to murder him purposefully so that it caused more damage at the time that he was premeditatedly putting this rounds in there and purchased them for the purpose of going through metal armor in which he anticipated somebody there having so he could continue his mass shooting, none of that even matters. The size of the barrel, the type of the rifle, the size of the ammunition. From three feet range, a Glock is going to go through you just as much as an AR-15 or 5.56 or a 9mm is going to go through. It's, it all is the same. And, but all they're trying to do is fear-monger. They're hoping, they're praying that half of the jury, half of the jury doesn't know shit about self-defense and is only going to hear those buzzwords. The AR-15, the full metal jacket, the you know, little handgun, which, you know, is funny how they use that as an argument now when they're trying to ban handguns um, in certain states. So, the whole idea of this is to prove a point to you. It's to prove a point that you don't get to defend yourself, that I don't get to defend myself, even if you're rightfully in the area, even if you're rightfully carrying the rifle, because the weapons charges have been dropped, there's no charges for curfew, the only thing they're trying to charge him with is murder of the first degree at some point. So let's move on to the next thing here. And uh, what that's going to be is kind of just listening to Kyle Rittenhouse uh, breaking down a little bit, you know, and you may have seen this. And so, you know, bear with me, but a lot of people haven't. So this is the point in the trial where they ask him to recollect what happened that night, when he actually pulled the trigger and shot these individuals. And Kyle, rightfully, if I shot somebody or three people in self-defense and was chased down by a mob and had to defend myself with my rifle, would absolutely have some form of PTSD, anxiety, and it would definitely present itself in a courtroom when I'm recollecting that in front of millions of people watching this case. Once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski and there were <laughs> there were three people right there. much more of that it's a it's a young adult having a panic attack while recollecting something that gave him ptsd of him having to defend his own life it's terrible however the single thing that pissed me off the most about regarding this was you know what some people want to talk about lebron james and his tweet about you know, he must have ate some lemon heads before he walked in there. Meanwhile, he plays basketball, the biggest one of the biggest pussy sports behind soccer and is known for playing basketball like he plays soccer. And there's many, many pictures of him out there making his millions, crying on the court over a trophy or over not getting enough playing time or over somebody hitting him on accidentally with an elbow. Not that he shot somebody or sh- and had to defend himself in a life-threatening situation against a bunch of people who are older than him in a situation with hostile environments and emotions risen with hundreds of people running down the street after him. And yet he wants to make fun of a 17-year-old kid who had to defend his own life and is now sitting on trial trying to, to make sure he doesn't go to prison for rightfully defending himself because the woke fucking left media wants to come after him to prove a point about guns. Not even going to give that sack of shit much time on this podcast because he doesn't deserve it. It's crazy. Crazy that he felt like he had the right. How old is he? 35 years old? 40 years old at this point? And he wants to go after a 17-year-old who's in one of the most difficult situations you could ever find yourself in. Meanwhile, he's going to play fucking basketball and flopping on the floor the second somebody elbows him on the way up for a layup. Pussy. Anyways. So one of the things that came up within the last few days, um, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom went on the Fox News and spoke about how uh, the unfair framing by uh, our president uh, regarding him, her son being a white supremacist. He came out and said that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. They called him a vigilante, saying he wasn't right to be able to do that. And then um, Pazaski, or however you say her stupid name, 
um, <clears throat> came out and said that here, let's watch it. But I do have one thing I want to talk to you guys. I'm so excited about this. We do have a red pill revolution store. Now we have shirts, crew neck, sweaters, all of it. The first thing we're going to drop right now is we got two awesome new drops for you guys. The first one is the misinformation mafia. That is you, my listeners, the misinformation mafia, and we're fucking sticking to it. Misinformation mafia is going to assemble. We're going to put out the truth, educate, question, disobey, right? And the next one we got fuck around and find out by Kyle Rittenhouse. Go check them out right now. Redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers. Drop that M. Redpillrevolution.co. Get yours today. Christmas is coming up. We got some stickers. We got the Red Pill Revolution stickers. We got the original cover art stickers for you guys. We have uh, Misinformation Mafia stickers. We have the Fuck Around and Find Out Kyle Rittenhouse sweater. And we got the misinformation sweaters, t-shirts for both as well. Go get them. We got white, black, pink. Check it out. Let me know what you think. If you have any ideas that we should add, let me know. So excited about this. I got mine on order right now. Been spending a ton of time uh, kind of putting these together and designing them. Um, I hope you like them. But uh, thank you to my misinformation mafia. Grab a jersey, redpillrevolution.co. Thank you. And just something tied to an ongoing court case. Why did President Biden suggest that Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Kenosha is a white supremacist? So, Peter, what I, I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, what I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have broadly... So first of all, you're going to say that you're not going to comment on an ongoing trial. Then why is your president commenting on an ongoing trial? Why is your president speaking to this, trying to put a spin on the case, trying to put a spin on the judge and the prosecution, on the jury, and coming out and trying to sway this in one direction so that it fits the narrative of the corporations that are actually behind his decision making? speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting. Uh, Interesting that she says she's not going to comment on that. Then goes on to say, "A view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking." Broadly speaking, because she doesn't want to actually have to answer for her saying this. So her trying to take away any position for people to come after her and say, "Now you actually on the day before this is actually set to be come to a conclusion with the jury that you're now swaying their opinions in in the White House." A vigilante. Broadly speaking, a vigilante. Right, speaking directly about Kyle Rittenhouse, not a vigilante. He's going there, cleaning the walls off, cleaning the the uh, spray paint off the walls, putting out fires, giving medical help to people. Controlling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting Opportunists. People. Calling him an opportunist for going down there and protecting himself and protecting his community. An opportunist is one who gets chased down by a mob and has to defend themselves protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent anywhere in the country. As you know, closing arguments in this particular case, which I'm not speaking to, I'm just making broad comments about his... What a stupid thing to say. I'm not speaking to, I'm just specifically calling him a vigilante who's patrolling and burning down his town and, and hurting peaceful protests. ...own view. Um, there's an ongoing trial. We're awaiting a verdict. Beyond that, I'm not going to speak to any individuals or this case. But the president has spoken to it already. And his mom now, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom, came out saying that the president defamed her son. And that claims, uh, she claims that when the president suggested her son is a white supremacist, he was doing that to win votes. Is that what happened? I just have nothing more to speak to in ongoing case uh, where the closing arguments were. Nothing more to speak to besides specifically calling him a vigilante with an assault rifle trying to tear down the community that he was in for a peaceful protest. Nothing but that. I'm not actually speaking to the trial, but broadly speaking. So if you want to hear an interesting uh, flip flop, let's go back to our previous real president. And see what he had to say about the trial when he was asked about it at the time that it occurred about a year ago. This was uh, August uh, 31st of 2021.
We're looking at all of it. That was an interesting situation. You saw the same tape as I saw. And uh, he was trying to get away from them, I guess, it looks like. And he fell. And then they very violently attacked him. And it was something that we're looking at right now, and it's under investigation. But uh, I guess he was in very big trouble. He would have been, I, he probably would have been killed, but it's under, it's under investigation. Do you think private citizens should be taking guns? I'd like to see law enforcement take care of everything. I think everything should be taken care of law enforcement. But again, we have to give our cops back, our police back their dignity. And so you see, he calls it like it is. He calls it like it was. He's not trying to spin this narrative for anything. He's not trying to put this kid in jail to make a point to the rest of the public regarding his political or corporation's belief systems. He's trying to give a fair opinion, which was that he's defending himself. He's being chased down and violently attacked by several individuals and defending himself rightfully. Very simple. And that's all the president should have done in this case. Or just keep your fucking mouth shut. Nobody needs your opinion. And you definitely don't need the press secretary sitting there and spinning the narrative a day, a single day, before they're about to come to a conclusion by the jury. Calling him a vigilante, assault weapons, uh, burning down the city from peaceful protests. And you'll see that that was the theme this whole time, right? And we talked about that, is that this was not, not a single part of this was about Kyle Rittenhouse, and not a single part of this was about Rosenbaum, not a single part of this was about Grosskreutz. Um, and, and pardon me for not knowing the individual's names uh, with the skateboard that passed away. You know, it's, it's, it's a sad event when anybody dies. Um, so, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can find the name here. But, uh, however, the whole idea of this, the whole, this was a witch hunt. This was a witch hunt. It was the only reason that this was even brought up. The only reason this is on the news today. The only reason this is an event that millions of people are following is because this is to make a point. This is not <clears throat> to put Kyle away in jail. This is to rid you of your ability to defend yourself rightfully against the woke mob when they come to your town, to your city, to your business, kicking you in the head with jump kick man hitting me or hitting me with a skateboard or pointing a Glock at me, and then trying to call it murder on my side of it. They're coming after you and your rights, not just Kyle. That's what this whole thing's about, the whole entire show. And you'll see that from the very beginning, and, the, and where it all started was them trying to spin him into a white supremacist, trying to spin him into being a Black Lives Matter-hating, protest-hating, <clears throat> vigilante, burning down the town. So let's look at some of those clips. There's some really interesting spots where these... Uh, where they come in and talk about this. So let's see if we can get some of these. Kenosha shooter, Kyle Rittenhouse, he murdered two people, by the way. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante. Arguably Ruby. a domestic terrorist picked up a rifle, guys. drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy yeah. who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, the multimedia, seventeen-year-old uh, kid, just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see this, Kyle Rittenhouse, a deeply racist individual. He just said. With no grounds, no founded reasoning behind him being a white supremacist. Not a single thing was brought up through the entire case. And, and, and mind you, all three of the people who were shot looked just like me. They were black. This wasn't about Black Lives Matter. This wasn't about, and that's where their whole case fell apart. They tried to shift this whole narrative into him being a white supremacist, into him hating black people, into him being a racist. And that being the whole reason he pulled the trigger on these three white men who chased after him. Makes no sense. And they go after this kid, these 50-year-old adults, going after a 17-year-old who could very easily be their child. Trying to put him away, trying to trial by news.
for defending himself rightfully, just so they can spin the narrative, so they can come after you. I'll tell you what, if tomorrow, if the jury comes to the decision that he somehow shot these people not out of self-defense self and they make that mistake, um, but if, they, if, if he gets off like he should, and he should, Kyle Rittenhouse should have fucking Elon Musk money after the way that all these pieces of shit in the, in the mainstream media went after him, calling him a racist, calling him a terrorist, calling him every a school shooter personality, calling him a, a deeply racist. All of these unfounded claims that are completely disparaging to his character don't even mind the fact that this 17-year-old now has to deal with this in his own life, that he had to go through this and defend himself in this way and take the lives of these men. But also, that he now has attached to his name deeply racist, MAGA-loving, terrorist school shooter. All unfounded claims. Rittenhouse better have some Elon Musk money. The day after tomorrow, if I'm Rittenhouse and I'm his lawyers, we're going to fucking work on Young Turks, on MSNBC, on CNN, on NBC, on every single one of these garbage reporters who gave, gave unfounded claims regarding his character. And I will be so happy to see Kyle Rittenhouse driving down the street in a Lamborghini with his AR-15 sitting passenger seat, seat belted next to him. From all the money that he's going to get out of these disparaging claims that they made about him wrongfully. And maybe then, and I'm not counting on it, but maybe then the news companies will start to realize that you can't just call somebody a racist. You can't call somebody a terrorist or domestic terrorist. You can't call somebody deeply racist or any one of the unfounded claims that they called him and completely disparage his character and completely disparage him for the rest of his life. Because half of the country is still going to believe this shit, whether or not it's true or whether or not he's guilty. Because they hear CNN say something or Don Lemon or whatever or Young Turks and they just blindly follow it and I believe it's truth. It's a shame. It's an unbelievable shame. And, and back to the ridiculous way that this prosecutor tried to turn the idea of an AR-15 um, being any more deadly than a Glock or uh, the idea that full metal jackets mean that you're specifically going out to murder people if you put that in your magazine when you go to defend yourself with a rifle. This dumbass, two weeks after, or however, two weeks after Alec Baldwin shoots somebody on a movie set, takes the rifle, aims it at the jury. Or, or the, the, all of the audience that's there aims at them and has his finger in the trigger, on the trigger, pointing it at the audience there. Two weeks after, there was a, a major Hollywood crazy m murder in Hollywood as a result of somebody doing something similar. Not even getting into the fact that he was doing this at a murder trial. At a murder trial where all of these people are having to hear accounts of people with this, this specific rifle pointed at somebody and taking their lives. And now you're going to point it at all these people? These people should sue you. 100%. You're sitting there saying that it's illegal to point a weapon at somebody. They would sit there and argue that if, if Kyle Rittenhouse had no ammunition in his rifle and he pointed it at any one of those people, they still would have been taken into court. So the fact that this guy, this dumb clown of a prosecutor, who should not have taken this case in the first place, that he should be completely disbarred for taking this in the first place even. But the fact that he takes that rifle and points it at the crowd, at the audience, with his finger in the trigger well. Unbelievable. And he wants to sit there and talk about gun safety. Kyle Rittenhouse, if you go to any of the footage that he has, has his finger outside of the trigger well. Proper gun mechanics at 17 years old. And this guy's prosecuting people under the law. Talking about weapons like he knows what the fuck he's talking about. And then takes a rifle and points it at the audience and has his finger on the trigger. It's unbelievable. Here, let's look at it. And then raises his left hand to the gun and points. This is what we see in the video him putting the fire extinguisher on the ground and then raising the gun. 
Your Honor, I'm going to object. He's facing the wrong direction. That's an argument. Okay. It's unbelievable. The same guy who's sitting there trying to argue about the deadly force use necessary in an altercation or the amount of, of stopping power within a rifle compared to a Glock or the difference between full metal jackets and uh, any other type of ammunition is sitting there pointing a rifle at the entire audience while doing so with his finger on the trigger. And if that doesn't show you how much of a clown that this prosecutor is, nothing will. Well, maybe a few things, because there's some crazier shit even more than that, which we'll get to in a second. One of which being uh, this right here, where he accuses Kyle Rittenhouse of playing Call of Duty. So that must mean that you premeditatedly murder people who uh, come after you. So let's watch that. Hang out at, with Dominic Black. You play Call of Duty and other first-person shooter video games? Sometimes. And those are games in which you use weapons like AR-15s to pretty much shoot anybody who comes at you, correct? It's a video game where two players are playing together. I don't it's funny how Kyle kind of dances around that, but but he shouldn't have. He should have said, are you, what I would have said, or what I would think that I would say now that I'm sitting here and not being prosecuted for murder for defending myself, are you really trying to prosecute me on the fact that because I play Call of Duty that I'm now going to go out there and murder people? Or this is any reason for you to, for, for a justification for me being tried for this murder because I play a video game? I'm sorry. Are you going to fucking go prosecute somebody who's going for a speeding ticket and, and bring up the fact that they play racing games? Like that has any merit in a judicial conversation at all within a courthouse? It's it's unbelievable. It's like we're in ninth. What is it, like two thousand and three when Grand Theft Auto came out and everybody was going fucking crazy because oh if you're fucking strippers and prostitutes and shooting people and punching grandmas in the street you're just gonna end up do. The fact that this argument was used by this prosecutor just adds to the joke that it is that he is and and I still stand by the fact that if you understand how law works he has to decide to take on this case. With all the little evidence that they had, no evidence specifically that he did this not out of self-defense, but then have the balls to go after first-degree felony murder charges, which means it's premeditated, and then have one of the points of your prosecution be that because you play video games, you must go around shooting people. Really understand the meaning of your question, to be honest. Isn't one of the things people do in these video games try and kill everyone else with your guns? Crazy. Crazy. All right, let's look what else we got here. Um, so besides the fact of him pointing a weapon at the entire courtroom, this joke of a prosecutor, then the claiming that because you play Call of Duty, like millions and millions of uh, kids all around the country, that that somehow means that you are going to be uh, a first-degree felony murder charge when you were defending yourself. It's all ridiculous. Um, so here's some of the... Uh, it's a little bit too long. So here, let's look at some of this here. We have uh, a couple clips that I find interesting from this, and then we'll move on to a little bit of a different topic here. Um, but this is, let's, let's. Sometimes you get in a, a scuffle and maybe you do get hurt a little bit. Scuffle and maybe you do get hurt a little bit. That doesn't mean you get to start plugging people with your full metal jacket AR-15 rounds and no bullets are not bullets. And we heard testimony about that. Everybody takes a beating sometimes, right? Sometimes you get in a, a scuffle and maybe you do get hurt a little bit. There's a lot in that statement there. First, the fact that he was self-conscious and got the shit kicked out of him in high school and middle school his whole life, which you can already tell. Um, however, <laughs> he goes, everybody takes a beating sometimes. You should have just let that guy whoop your ass. You should have had that whole mob just beat you with skateboards, point their Glocks at you, kick you in the head with your jump kick man, throw acid at you potentially if you're Rosenbaum, if that's what happened. Everybody takes a beating sometimes, but that doesn't mean you get to shoot them or plug them with your AR-15 full metal jacket rifle. This idiot. Sometimes you get in a... 
a scuffle and maybe you do get hurt a little bit. Right. Everybody got beat up in high school like me. You just start plugging people with your full metal jacket AR-15 rounds and no bullets are not bullets. And so what his argument there is, just get your ass beat by a bunch of grown men chasing after you in a mob mentality during a, a very violent protest. Just get your ass beat, man. You might not die. You might. You very well might if you're a 17-year-old fighting a bunch of grown-ass men with skateboards and their own Glock in, in their hip holster. Everybody gets their ass beat sometimes. Don't defend yourself. Under that, under that idea, and the fact that this guy is now should be disbarred because of that statement, just the fact that everybody gets a beating every now and then, it's, no, they don't. If you go to a protest, you have dozens of people chasing you, three or four attacking you at the same time. Just, just take it. Just get your ass beat. And who knows if they're going to stomp in your fucking head on the curb until you can't breathe anymore, and now your family is mourning your loss. Fuck that. That's crazy and then you see how he tries to go after the the ridiculous argument of their of and how we the their whole argument is just based around the gun their whole argument is just using buzzwords like ar-15 like assault rifle like full metal jacket like the fact that he had body armor armor in his in his back of his car like that changes any of the situation whether or not it was self-defense or not you do get hurt a little bit that doesn't mean you get to start plugging people with your full metal jacket right rounds and no bullets are not bullets. And we heard testimony about that. Mr. Richards mentioned this in opening, but apparently he's noticed that the evidence doesn't bear it out. He talks about this, how Mr. Rosenbaum put this shirt over his head to hide his identity because he's going to go ambush Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, then obviously watch the videos. He's had that shirt in his head for some time. Whether it's COVID, this is all pre-vaccine, as we know. <laughs> Whether it's... That's my favorite. Is he, he, he just assumes that he wraps a shirt around his face at a protest in an attempt to stop COVID. <laughs> uh Great. Now, another spot where that shows to me that this judge is just, I do really appreciate this judge. And, and, and I think that in a, he's a definitely a canary in the coal mine. And this could have went way, way worse if he allowed some of the stuff that they tried to pull in this. Um, so c my commendations to this judge, he did a very good job at holding the piece. Uh, you know, he is in, in not not holding the spotlight himself, especially after all the scrutiny that he got for God bless America being his ringtone. God forbid that you like your country and also want to uphold the Constitution. You will pay. This is in his closing art, in his closing statements to the jury where he goes and tells them uh, basically uh, don't go watch anything, don't read news, don't watch social media, don't talk to people, don't take phone calls, don't do any of that. Just come here tomorrow, 9 a.m., and let's get a verdict. And also, by the way, don't listen to presidents who try to sway your opinion. Don't listen to White House press secretaries who try to call this man a vigilante burning down the the. the his city over peaceful protests don't listen to them because they shouldn't be fucking talking in the first place and if they are going to talk on it they should talk on what they saw which is that this was a man defending himself rightfully under our constitutional rights like you and i and everybody else has but they don't want you to think that you can defend yourself this way they want you to according to this prosecutor they want you to just take the beating when you have a mob running after you for no reason so here's him talking about the uh, president's speaking on this and not to take that into consideration. No heed, no heed to the opinions of anyone, even the president of the United States or the president before him. The founders of our country gave you and you alone the power and the duty to decide this case. And I wonder if there's any time in history any time in history where there's been a sitting president that needed to be told, or, or a jury that needed to be told to not listen to the sitting president trying to sway the opinions of the jury in Kenosha regarding a singular case of self-defense. 
find me any single case study of any judge sitting there saying, don't listen to the president speaking on this because they fucking shouldn't be speaking on it. You know, the people who are literally upholding the institution of our country. Don't listen to them because they're trying to sway your opinion in one way or another regarding this case when they shouldn't be. It's unbelievable that that has to be said. Unbelievable that that has to be said. And it's crazy to me that Pazaski comes out and not only tries to take away any uh, blame from it by saying, generally speaking, we don't think vigilantes, there's one buzzword, with assault weapons, two buzzwords, should be going around for and, and trying to attack people, or whatever she said, for peaceful protesters, three buzzwords. All she's trying to do is sway the opinion. And she says, generally speaking, regarding this specific topic and this individual and this case. So. We got the foot video footage out of here now. All right. It's just us. So I think this is an interesting, this is, this is an interesting, uh, you know, I said this last time about the intersection with the last episode, but I do think this is another intersection and uh, in something that can cause the awakening of the masses where the mainstream media lied to us the entire time. They called this guy a terrorist. They called this guy, this guy being Kyle Rittenhouse. They called Kyle Rittenhouse, this kid at the time that this happened, young adult, um, a, a deeply racist individual, a white supremacist coming from our sitting or sleeping or uh, half-ass dead president, calling him a white supremacist. I hope 20% of the left can see through the bullshit of the media now as a result of this singular trial. Because if you don't look at the glaring, glaring push to try and strip us of our rights to defend ourselves, specifically through the use of buzzwords and wrongful claims regarding character traits of somebody who defended themselves, who is literally there doing the duty of a rightful patriotic citizen of America, defending community, defending self, defending property. That's all they want. All they want is to slowly move the perception of the media and slowly move the political uh, bills that are passed towards, you know, have another case study that they can use in the Supreme Court to try and strip you of your rights. To try and make it so that when you go to a protest to help protect the community, that just like that prosecutor said, everybody gets a beating sometimes, just take it. Just get your ass beat by a mob of grown men. Because they don't want you to defend yourself. They want to take your weapons. They want to take your right to self-defense. They want you to question whether or not you should go down to their protests where they're going to burn down your cities and your businesses, take away your jobs, probably beat the ass of a lot of people who weren't carrying AR-15s or a rifle or a pistol or anything else that shoots a projectile because that's literally all that matters. That's all they wanted to do. All they wanted to do was, was move that meter 5% and have one more case study that they could use to strip your rights from you. And it's not working. So let me give you my, my closing thoughts here on tomorrow. If Kyle Rittenhouse is found guilty of murder, we have been fundamentally let down by our judicial system. They have now stripped us of our rights to defend ourselves against a mob of people violently attacking us. They have moved that meter few percentages closer to stripping you of your guns, stripping you of your rights, taking your ability away to defend your family, to defend your household, to defend your business in the... Uh, in the fight against people who are trying to tear it down and literally burn it to the ground. And there will be outrage. There's going to be outrage either way. 
But I think the outrage that we're going to see as a result, and, and it's not the outrage we're going to want to see, because there's a lot of people out there who, like Kyle Rittenhouse who knows how to defend themselves and has the means to do so. And you don't want those people going and protesting the same way that these people are. But if Kyle Rittenhouse is prosecuted for this, it is a sad day for the United States of America. It's a sad day for the Constitution, and it's a sad day for every single one of us in this country who will possibly need at one point or another the ability to defend ourselves against a mob of people. Now, more than likely, that won't happen to you. But if it does, and if it happens to me, you better know I'm going to defend myself. And if you strip that right from people, you tell us we can no longer defend ourselves, you're fundamentally stripping away the entire purpose of the Second Amendment. You're entirely stripping us of the actual reason it was passed, right? The actual reason we have the right to the bear arms, the actual reason we have the rights to defend ourselves. This is a perfect example of a time for self-defense. And there's so much video footage of it. And the only reason that they're trying to push this through is it's a witch hunt. And a witch hunt in the worst way, where it's not about the witches, it's not about the the, the people who are uh, affected by it. It's about the people who are the pulling the strings. And if you go back even to the Salem witch trials, or you go back to the Salem witch trials, it, a lot of that, if you understand the actual background behind what happened there, was not only just, you know, to begin, was the actual... Um, Basically, their bread was tainted and it caused these girls to be sick. And then this, you know, let's move on. Um, but it was utilized as a Trojan horse for people, the powerful families within the community that were in Salem to go after and tell these girls who to prosecute, who to who to say was witches so that they could take their land and steal their possessions. And it's the same thing here. The only reason they're going after this witch hunt with Kyle Rittenhouse is because they have an underlying motive. They don't give a shit if Kyle Rittenhouse goes to jail for defending himself. If he goes and stays there for the rest of his life, they don't care. They don't care if it, all they care about is stripping you of your freedom. And all they care about is taking your property. And in this case, your freedoms, taking your ability to defend yourself, taking even the idea away from you that if somebody chases you, you have the right to defend yourselves or shoot them. Because this is the most publicity, any singular self-defense case in my lifetime that I've watched, at least, or known about, has been so publicized. So this isn't a war on Kyle Rittenhouse. This is a war on your thought processes, your subconscious decision-making to defend yourself or not, and whether or not that means a life sentence because some asshole in the White House wants to make a statement so he can potentially pass a bill to take your rights from you so they can push us more towards an authoritative authoritarian regime. Now, if what happens or what should happen happens and Kyle gets off, we're still going to see some shit go down tomorrow. We're still going to see, and, and probably even worse initially than what the actual end result would be with the initial one, which it should be. Um, but you're going to see massive protests. You're going to see Black Lives Matter. You're going to see CIA operatives input into these into these protests to try and start violent uh, altercations with people. You're going to see buildings burning. You're going to see corporations burnt down. You're going to see Nike and all these people condoning these acts and condoning these violent protesters for going out there and responding to this kid who defended himself against a mob. A mob of people who would have taken his life if he didn't take theirs first. And I'm glad that he did. And even if he goes to jail and spends however many years that he would as a result of that, it's much better than him not being in that position. And I'd take going to jail for however many years rightfully defending myself and wrongfully being accused of murder than I would not coming home to my children or not coming home to my family at night. So either way, it's a win. However, if he's let free, it's going to be a wild ride. And he should be let free. And hopefully there's some people there on the right side of things who are going to defend property and who are going to defend people or defend their own self against people who are attacking them again. 
because we cannot let them win. Because letting them win is what they're, the whole idea behind what they're doing is trying to push your subconscious decision making from the massive scale that this is on. Push your subconscious decision making into thinking that you no longer have the right to defend yourself. Even if a mob of people comes after you, just like that prosecutor said, everybody gets their ass beat every now and then. Just see what happens. Maybe he won't pull that Glock out of his hip and aim it at you and put it to your head and pull the trigger. Maybe he won't continuously beat you with a skateboard. Maybe he won't jump kick man, won't kick you over and over again the second he knocks you out. Maybe he won't. Fuck that. Defend yourself. Whether he's guilty, whether he's, well, he's not guilty. Whether he's found guilty by the jury or he's found not guilty. Defend yourself. Defend your right. Draw the line in the sand. Don't let them win because this is all about subconscious decision making. This is all about pushing the needle a little bit towards so the next time they send their CIA operatives out to turn a mass protest into a violent protest, the second they start burning buildings down, they don't want you thinking you can go there and stop it. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, you can. Put those full metal jacket rounds in that 30 round magazine. Put that in your AR. Chamber around. And bring it with you, because that's your right. And it will continue to be your right, regardless of what the decision is. Welcome to the revolution.